in some area of your life today, you need a breakthrough. Give me a wave if you, you need some, your family, your finances, your health, your, 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 you know, your job, your PR, whatever it might be. If you don't need a breakthrough, you are dead. I mean, I need probably about 50 breakthroughs right now. All right, so I mean, my list is in. I need just so many. We all need breakthroughs. And after 21 days of prayer and fasting, the perfect message to preach is on the Lord of the breakthrough. Are you ready up for this? All right, by the end of the service, you're going to have so much faith. You're just going to go and grab your breakthrough. You know, too often people come to church and it happens here and it's happened to me. They come in, you know, they, they, they sing and worship and they hear a, a great message and uh, an altar call and, and they go home, but nothing's changed. Nothing's moved. Nothing's shifted. They've come to church. They've been with God. How can you be with God and nothing happen? But isn't it true that happens all the time? In fact, I wonder how many of us come and expect to be radically changed by being in God's presence. In fact, we've almost been satisfied with nothing happened. Well, friends, it's time to change that. So I'm going to believe that today there's going to be a shift. Something's going to move. Something's going to happen in your life so you go out of here different from the way that you came in. We're doing a prayer and fasting a number of years ago. Remember the Lord speaking to me really clearly. He said, Tuck, listen, I'm not just a God of breakthrough. I'm the God of mighty breakthroughs. I break through the impossible, the incredible. I do the astounding, the amazing, the incredible, the phenomenal. I I leave you astounded. That's the God that I am. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And then that week, a man walked into our reception office and handed over a check for $100,000. And I want to thank Pastor Steve personally for his generosity (laughs) to us. (laughs) No, it actually wasn't. It was someone else. He's the God of mighty breakthroughs, friends. And if you think of history, all through history, Mankind has made amazing breakthroughs. Think of the automobile, then the airplane, then the, the, the telephone, then the iPad and the computer and the, the, and the, the iPhone. And, you know, the, the list just goes on. All the medical breakthroughs that, you know, they can just about heal anything these days. Do you know why? God has wired mankind for breakthrough. Yeah. But more than anybody on the planet, he has wired Christians with the anointing to break through, because the God of the breakthrough is living in you. He's awesome, and he's wanting to do a breakthrough in your life and to work something amazing. And the reason that he put this anointing in you, listen, is this. He knew as you sat here today, television, live, listening to this message, that you'd be sitting here facing an impossible situation. And thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God, knowing that, put an anointing of breakthrough on your life so you could beat the odds and have a victory where it seems so impossible. He is the Lord of the breakthrough, and right now, He is living in you. I've got a word for you this morning. Do you want to hear it? God's got a miracle for you. Tell the person next to you, God's got a miracle for you. I'm not talking about the person beside you. I'm not talking about the person behind you. I'm talking about you. God has got a miracle for you and you and you and you. Every person up there and you. God has got a miracle 
for you. He is a God of miracles and he has no favorites. You're his favorite as I am. God has no preferences and he's got a miracle for every person under the sound of my voice and even those who are not under the sound of my voice because he is a God of miracles. And I'll prove to you that he's got a breakthrough coming for you. How many of you in the lifetime as a Christian, you've had a, a breakthrough in your life in any area? If you've had one, you're going to have another one. Yeah, on. And then you're going to have another one. Yeah. Then you're going to have another one. Build on the past breakthroughs and think, right, you know the problem with the children of Israel? They had so many breakthroughs, but every time they faced the next problem, they thought, oh, we're done. And God says, can you just think back for a little bit? Can you remember the manna from heaven, the water from the right, the parting of the Red Sea, the, the healings that no one was sick for years, your clothes did not wear out? Can you remember? We have short memories for the, for the good things and long memories for the bad things. You've had breakthroughs. There's more on the way. There's a miracle heading in your direction. And it's got your name on it. It's about to land. Probably will land at New Zealand Beyond, I have that feeling. But anyway, hopefully it will come at some other time as well. Now listen, something really important. Some of you sit there and say, ah, all this breakthrough stuff. Oh, I've prayed for breakthrough. My breakthrough never came. I've prayed for healing for this. They never got healed. I've had disappointment after disappointment. Well, so have I, folks. I've had a lot of breakthroughs that I've prayed for that never happened, that never came. But some that have come, and I've made a decision. I refuse to allow my experience or the experience of other people to determine my, the faith for my future and the possibility of a breakthrough. I don't base my faith on my experience or anyone else's experience. My faith for breakthrough is based on what the Word of God says. And my Bible says that God of breakthrough lives in me. My Bible says by His stripes I am healed. My Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible says I am more than a conqueror. I will not allow bad experiences disappointments of mine or anyone else's to paralyze my future, to paralyze my faith so I never step in to the wonderful things God has in store for my life. And some of you, you've got to deal with disappointment because if you don't, you are crippled forever. You will never see God do the miracles in your life. So cry out to Him, put that disappointment behind you and grab a hold of your future. Doesn't even the Bible say forgetting those things which are behind? Yeah. Huh? I press toward the mark and lay hold of my future. Yeah. There's some things you've got to leave behind. You know, like the monkey, how they catch that monkey, they put to the hand, gets those peanuts, but the narrow neck is so narrow it can't let it go. It holds on to the peanuts, ends up getting captured, maybe even killed, because it won't let go. Friends, you've got to let some things go if you want to grab your future. Let the rubbish of the past go and grab a hold of the incredible future that God has got in store for you. Tell the person next to you, that's good preaching. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <clears throat> Micah 2.13, the breaker Messiah will go up before them. They will break through. I love the way the Bible is emphatic. They will. Not they might. Not they could. Hopefully, possibly. The Bible leaves no room for doubt. 
And that's what God's always trying to build into our, our lives. Get rid of the doubt and the unbelief. You know, a moment of faith, and you've got it. Doesn't matter what your situation, a moment of faith, you've got it. Smith Wigglesworth was known for it, wasn't he? He said, I'll get more out of a moment of faith than a month's yelling at God. We just got to get that moment of faith, friends. And that's what I'm doing today, the best I can. I'm building your faith. And I'm praying that some of you are going to have that moment of faith. You've not been able to believe for your situation for donkey's years, but today, something's going to trigger in your spirit. Because faith is a trigger that releases divine power. So we're fighting for the faith today. We're fighting for the faith today. Because many of our faith has been damaged. It's been devastated. It's been, you know, dam- you know, all that stuff. It's happened to us. And I'm, I'm fighting to get it back for you and for me. So we can step into the things God has got for you. Because God's got a great future for you. Tell the person next to you loud as you can. God's got a great future for you. Some people need to hear that. There's a time in this church where a lot of unsaved husbands, wives would get the kids together as a nightmare, getting them to church on their own. We just let it go on for a while. And I noticed this for a while, and I thought, this is not right. This is not right. Do you know we put up with too much? We say, oh, well, that's how it is. No. It's time to say no. That's not how it's going to be. People say, it is what it is. I don't care what it is. I'm interested in what it can be and what it should be and by faith what it will be. So we began to pray. We said, God, we need a breakthrough. It wasn't long. I gave an altar call on a Sunday morning. This man stands at the front. I know this is a, one of these unsaved husbands. Gave his life to Christ. Three or four weeks later, a second husband gives his life to Christ. Another one of the unsaved husbands. About, about two, next two or three months, a whole stack of these, I don't know how many unsaved husbands gave their, li- their lives to Jesus Christ because we finally stood up and said no and cried out for breakthrough. And the God of the breakthrough heard our cry and he answered our prayer. He's an awesome God. There was a time in another church years ago, I just heard about this. They told me about, they had all these beautiful girls in the church. A bit like Church Unlimited, I guess. But there weren't too many good-looking guys. Uh, I won't comment on that. And so they began to pray. And they said, oh, God. And there's the girls who are probably all, all doing most of the praying, and the mothers, obviously. They said, oh, God, you send us the best-looking, the most intelligent, the charismatic, the ones with washboard abs. Send them to us. And then I got saved. <laughs> Can you see it? If I, if I took this shirt off. No, no, we'd have a riot in this place. You know, I'd be, it would not be good. It would not, and believe me, it would not be good. All right. But God gave a breakthrough. Come on. Come on, church. It's the God we serve. It's the kind of God we've got. Some of you are still saying, oh, yeah, I'll pray for all that stuff. It doesn't happen. Well, maybe it hasn't happened in the past. But forget the past. <laughs> Look into the future. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Because we see, uh, <laughs> let's get this truth right from the beginning, shall we? There's nothing to confuse us. Okay, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's good. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. I wonder if that's you. 
darkness over the face of your life, over your family, over your finances, over your health, over whatever it might be. There's darkness. Well, hey, it's right here at the beginning. Then we read on, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, so here's the scenario here. Think it through with me. There's darkness, right? And the Spirit of God is moving. Powerful. Have you ever been to a service where you've come in with darkness? You've worshipped. The presence of God has been just incredible. And it's been a phenomenal service. And yet when you walk out those doors, you've still got your darkness. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So you're thinking, God, what happened? There's a disconnect. I had darkness. God, I felt your presence, but nothing changed. Well, it didn't change in the book either until verse 3. Then God said, God made a declaration. He said, let there be light, and there was light. In the kingdom of God, they say virtually nothing will ever happen without declaration. You've got to get the words out of your mouth. You've got to give the spirit realm authority to work in your life and in your circumstances. You have got to learn to make declarations because according to my Bible, and many preachers would say this, virtually nothing happens without declarations. And some of us like to pray silently. Great, nothing wrong with that, except you're not gonna get much happening unless you get that mouth open and you begin to make some sound and declare to the powers that be that you're believing God for your miracle and for your breakthrough to happen in your life. You know, a lot of singing is declaring breakthrough. It really is. We sing what? Waymaker, promise keeper, miracle work. What's that? They're declarations. How many of you find that builds your faith when you sing it? But it's also powerful in the unseen world of spirit. We sing, how great is our God? That always builds my faith. His greatness in our lives. And so we've got to do this. Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So our words either give God or the devil to work. Listen, life and death. So what are you speaking? This is the way it works. Listen real carefully. Your words create an atmosphere around you in which you have to live. So you create an atmosphere of life and then you live in it, or you create an atmosphere of death and live it, but also those around you have to live in it as well. So what atmosphere are you creating in your home? Over your kids, is it life or death? You know, in your church, in your small group, at work, among your friends, in uni, school, wherever. What atmosphere? See, friends, where atmosphere changes. We we, we can create atmosphere by the very presence of God in our lives and the words that we speak. We should be able to work and walk in a situation and change an atmosphere. You should be able to change the atmosphere in your workplace, in your schoolroom, in your class. You should be able to change the atmosphere. And part of it is by the words that come out of your lips. I'll tell you how powerful words are. When you were growing up, things were said to you that have affected your life for decades. And this happened to me. So people have said to you, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're useless. You'll never amount to anything. Why can't you be like your brother or your sister? You're fat. You're ugly. How many of you know that deeply affects your life? Do you know why it affects you so much? 
There's power in your words. There's more power in our words than we realize, friends. And we've got to learn to speak the right words out of our mouths. Now, my grandson, Zach, is a delight of our hearts. But he, he's like all kids, and he has his moments. But right from a very early age, God gave me a prophetic declaration over his life that I make all the time. Whereas I travel the globe, India, you know, Pakistan, Vietnam, England, Australia, anywhere I go, I make this declaration that Zach is the number one best boy. And I'm telling you, it is affecting his life. It is impacting him and making a difference. You see, I am his champion. And I want to know whose champion are you? Who are you standing up for? Who are you declaring over their lives that you believe in them with every ounce of fiber of your being? Because when someone, you do that for someone, it will, I'm promising you, change their lives forever. Come on, think of someone you can be a champion for and watch God do amazing things in their lives. It was an island culture many years ago, and they would trade cows for a wife. Okay, unusual, but there it was. The father might get two cows for an average daughter, three for above average. Only a rare beauty would ever get four cows. This man had a daughter, and she wasn't very good, and he was hoping for one cow. Pretty sad, isn't it? But the man on the island who was the most astute trader, he, he offered eight cows for her. I mean, a four, a rare beauty got four, he offered eight. People thought he had lost his mind until, as the months went by, this woman, below average, became the most wonderful, most beautiful woman on the island because she kept hearing, I'm an eight-cow woman, I'm an eight-cow wife, and she became one. That's the power of words. So for every person in this place today who is married, I want you to turn to your wife and tell her how many cows she is worth. You better get this right, folks. And if you haven't got a wife, declare it in faith. Just for the records, my wife is worth 1,000 cows. Beat that. Okay, how are we going to do this declaration stuff? First of all, you've got to declare God's word. Because that's the key to breakthrough. If two agree is touching anything, it shall be done. So if me and Pastor Sam agree, that's powerful. But when me and God agree, <laughs> watch out. That's exponentially more powerful. When Jesus was attacked by the devil, every single time, what did he say? It is written. Every single time. Friends, there was no other formula that I see that Jesus used when the devil was coming against him like he's coming against you right now. His answer was, it is written. The only question is, to say it is written to the devil, you have to know what is written. And the problem with the Western church is that 85% of Christians, they say roughly, barely read their Bibles Monday through to Sunday. And that's why so many live in a continuous state of defeat because they don't know what is written. It is time to read your Bible. It is time to do soul food. It's time to get this book into your spirit. Because friend, if you don't, you will be defeated. And no point in crying out to God on. Oh, you know, you can pray and fast. He says, read your Bible. Seriously? How many of you agree? We just need to get a bit more serious about this stuff. You know, this is the real deal. You know, we can sell a Christianity. If we don't tell people the truth, it's not going to work for them. And then they're going to say, oh, Christianity didn't work. 
They never told me I had to read my Bible every day. I didn't understand that. They didn't tell me I needed to fast and pray. We've got to tell people the truth, otherwise we're, we're deceiving them into a false gospel. That's just not going to work for people, friends. And then they backslide and walk away, and they go, oh, I tried that stuff, doesn't work. I want to know what did they try. Did they try reading their Bible every day? Did they try praying and fasting? Did they try getting into church every week with their kids? See, sometimes they don't do that, friends. You've got to know what's written. So what happens to a lot of Christians is, you know, the devil attacks them. And they remember the sermon. And they say, devil, I remember it. It is written. Devil, it's, 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 I know it's written. Devil, give me 10 minutes. Great, no, no, no. By the time you get back to him, you're beaten. See, many years ago, my wife got real pain in her feet. And it went on for weeks. And she's that person who exercises a lot. That's why she married someone with washboard abs. So <laughs> she exercises a lot. And it was really distressing her. One day she's lying in bed and I'm praying for her. I laid my hands on her feet. I began to pray. And this, is this verse comes up in my spirit. Luke 10, 19, I'll give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy, that nothing may by any means harm you. I said, certainly not. In Jesus' name, I speak to you, Scorpio and serpent of pain. I use my authority, and I command you to go in Jesus' name. Friends, within a few days, the pain was gone, and it never came back again. But did you get the point? That scripture was in me. And when I needed it, it came up and won me the victory. You're going to face challenges in the coming weeks, months, and years, folks. I encourage you, get this book into you, because it is the key to victory and breakthrough in your life. So the next thing we'll do is make prophetic declarations. Made in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because we're not speaking our words, but God's words. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. Shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You know, contained in what God speaks to us is a power to fulfill what he says. When God gives you a promise, it comes with the power. When he gives you a prophecy, it comes with the power. You don't have to make it happen. It comes with the power. And that, that's, that's the... That's the beauty of, of, the, of getting a word from God. Then you can declare it out, speak it out, and something's going to happen. I went to a church years ago. There's a church of about 6,000 people. And then God gave me a word. This church is going to double in size. And I thought, my, what? And then I thought, what am I going to do with that word? I knew. It's the only time, I, one of the few times I've felt that word specifically. And I was, I was pretty ticked off, to be honest, that he hadn't said it to my, our church. So I was feeling a bit carnally jealous about it. And I thought, man, I don't care. I'm not going to declare that over your church. But I thought... If I don't do that, God may not declare it over our church. So I, reluctantly, I thought, we better do this. So it took me a bit of faith and courage. And I, got, I got the whole church to stand up. We declare this church going to double us. I think I got it five times, a big shout and a clap and a cheer. And then I thought, this is hit and run. I'm out of here. <laughs> now, I didn't give it any thought. I just found out about six months ago, this church has not just doubled in size. It has tripled in size. It's now 18,000 people. Declaration under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is a game breaker. <laughs> it's a game breaker, folks. It is just so incredibly powerful. In fact, 
You know, years ago, God gave us a word here for church. I remember he said acceleration of expansion about three or four years ago. Do you know in the following about two or three years, the church grew rapidly? Yeah. And we had had two campuses for over 20 years. Do you know after that word came in two years, we went from two campuses to seven? But of course, what we did is we kept declaring what God had said. If you've been at our preaching, we're always declaring acceleration of expansion. Come on, stand together, acceleration of expansion, momentum that never, because it works. It's as simple as that, folks. Declaration actually does work. And the more you get into it, the more faith you have for it, the more it works. So if you don't have a lot of faith for declaration, it probably the amount of breakthrough you'll get is limited. But the more you join with us, see, a lot of the, our prayer times and our prayers just training you to win victories in your life. That's basically what it is. You come out, we develop that prayer and faith muscle, and God does some incredible and amazing things in your life. Bobby, raised in a Christian home, and became very rebellious. He walked away from God. One day he disappeared almost off the planet, and the parents had no idea where he was. Gone for two years. They didn't know if he'd been murdered. Suicide, overdose on drugs, had no idea what had happened to him. One day the father's driving along in his car, pulls the car to the side of the road. He's just so full of pain. You could imagine. Steps outside of the car, points to the north. He says, Bobby, come home. South, Bobby, come home. East, west, Bobby, come home. Been gone for two years. Two days later, Knock on the door. There's Bobby. Dad opens the door and says, Bobby, what brought you home? Now listen, because I quote. I was sitting on the front porch of an old shack on the edge of the desert in Arizona, stoned on drugs. The wind started blowing. It grew stronger. Said, Dad, I'm sure I heard your voice in the wind saying, Bobby, come home. I got here as fast as I could. You say, tell me more. Glad you asked. I preached this message in Invercargill a few years ago. Got an email shortly afterwards. This lady said, thank you so much for that message on declaration. My daughter had disappeared, didn't know where she was, so I did what you taught us. I called her home, and I want you to know, Pastor, she's home. Anyone here feel faith rising? About four of us. This message is going to go for a long time until every hand goes up, all right? My last point is this, you've got to speak to your mountains. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. It uses the word says three times, says, what he says, what he says, what he says. That's what moves mountains. You've got to speak it out. You've got to make declarations. But we want God to move the mountains for us. He said, no, no, no. I've given you authority to move the mountains. Remember Moses at the Red Sea? God! And God says, Moses, what are you calling out to me for? You part the Red Sea. I've given you authority. So Rod, he puts up his rod, and sure enough, the Red 
Red Sea is parted. We have the authority, friends, to speak to mountains in Jesus' name and command them to be moved. Zechariah 4 verse 7, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. Some of you, it's about time you said to your mountain, who are you, mountain? Who, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are coming against this child of the Most High God? Who do you think you are challenging the God of creation and the universe who lives in me? Some of us need to stand up, folks, and speak to our mountain. Because we had a neighbor here years ago before my time. He hated the church. So he put his speakers 50 feet up the lawn and blasted the services so that there was a real disruption, made it really difficult. In those days back then, like we do now, we had some significantly strong men from the islands who went to the pastor and said, Pastor, we can stop the music tonight. Just give us the permission. Well, I would have said, go for it, boys, but uh, this pastor before me was more godly, and he said, no, no. And a guest speaker came along and gave them this scripture, Zechariah 4, 6. He said, I want you all to stand up. I want you to face this property, which is right over there. And he said, I want you to shout, grace, grace, grace to the mountain. Well, very shortly after that, the music all stopped. This stuff is powerful, folks. It not only stopped, the property came on the market. <laughs> Guess who owns that property now? Yeah, Church Unlimited. When you drive in that park entry, you're driving over what once belonged to the devil. <laughs> you're running it over, folks. You're running it out of town. And it's time for the church to run the devil out of town and out of our nation. Come on, who's ready for some declarations? Stand with me, please, as our musicians and our singers would come.